Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Sunday night edition of the Dunk Top Basketball Podcast. Got some news to get to. little Kevin Love Nuggets trade rumor to discuss. A bunch of team options and player options being declined and exercised. And then we have three off-season previews that we have to get to with all the news last week. We're running a little bit behind on those. The Minnesota Timberwolves will be fascinating. We talked about them, obviously, during the draft already. But now after the Jimmy Butler trade, I'm sure glad that we waited until now to, to do their off-season. They have an absolutely critical offseason now to fill in around that big three got to get to the dallas mavericks as well another team that i'm glad we waited on with the drafting of dennis smith their strategy may have changed as well dirk Nowitzki opting out today or, or i'm sorry actually having his team option declined by dallas we'll discuss the implications of that and then the sacramento kings who added another three draft picks to their stable of young players were sponsored today by helix sleep go to helixsleep.com slash cap space get 50 dollars off your custom made mattress and stamps.com enter the code capspace at stamps.com and you can get a special offer including a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments all right let's start with the news here reported by mark stein and chris haynes that discussions between cleveland denver and indiana have continued with cleveland trying to move kevin love to get some assets for denver that will placate indiana in a, a paul george trade and at the same time talks between cleveland and chauncey belts for the president of basketball ops jobs are still ongoing but no immediate resolution is expected and, and a bunch of people including brian windhorse his colleague still at espn saying that he is conflicted about whether to take the job over a number of reasons whether it's dan gilbert whether it's the fact that he's friends with ty Lue and would have to be in a situation where he's evaluating him the fact that lebron might leave a whole bunch of things as well the fact that pulling him towards doing it is the fact that you know having an african-american in a president of basketball operations role would be significant as well but let's let's go to these trade discussions and just in general danny if you are the denver nuggets because they are the ones really who are are going to be the bottleneck here are they going to give up enough assets for indiana to be satisfied to move paul george what do you think would be a fair slash wise amount to give up for kevin love kevin love brings a nice value in the short term to the nuggets just because he could jump not jumpstart their offense their offense doesn't need to jumpstart they could he can amplify it in a good way and i'm sure there are problems with love and Jokic together that we would have to discuss but those are really more as you said today for a championship team more so than just trying to get to like a consistent playoff team state but my problem with this is still that a lot of the assets that Denver has make more sense with where Denver should be going than Kevin Love does because he only has two more years under contract I don't think he's going to take a discount to stay there so I I don't think I would include Gary Harris I think he's you know so definitely no Jamal Murray definitely no Jokic Harris I wouldn't be comfortable with just because I think that's too much of a short-term 
play. I somebody agree. like somebody like Moutier, sure. You know, like if if you think Kevin Love's going to help you and you don't think Moutier is the answer, him they have a million shooting guards, so they can throw one of those in. Whether it's Will Barton, Malik Beasley, and then now they have this weird army of power forwards. I don't know if Indiana wants any of those guys, but they can throw one or more of those guys in too. Yeah, what I posed on Twitter was a package maybe built around Wancho Hernan Gomez and Moutier. That seems about right, even though I'm very high on Hernan Gomez and probably still higher on Moutier. I think he could still maybe get to being a, a reasonable starter in the league. It took a step back last year, obviously, and his defense remains atrocious. But just to get a young point guard prospect who, that's actually like further along than just having to draft a rookie, if you're Indiana, it could be useful. And, and they don't really have any good fours on the roster right now other than Thad Young, who they probably should move post-haste as well if they're going to be getting rid of, of Paul George. And he's actually someone who might be able to help Cleveland as well, uh, or could help, could actually help nah, Denver, maybe not. I think I almost would like Thad Young a little bit better than Kevin Love in Denver in some ways. But if they get Kevin Love, they'd be completely unstoppable offensively. I mean, the, the amount of shooting that they would have, and then they still would have a, a plenty of cap space too. Love would eat into some of that. But if they didn't bring back Danilo Gallinari, I mean, now that's that would be a hell of a defensive front court Gallo, Love, and Jokic. So I think that would probably presage them moving on from Gallo and then they would just have to get like someone who could play some defense on the wing there I don't really care for it just because it's not like I mean you know if all you had to give up was Hernan Gomez and Moutier that seems like it's about the right value but I think while you are taking a boost and certainly the Nuggets would be favored to make the playoffs this year although the competition for that grows ever stiffer now with the moves in Minnesota as well it's difficult to say that you know you just you're not going to get into being a top five top four team in the west with kevin love and Jokic as your front court i mean you just could not stop anybody good and, and, and even if you did they... get there you'd probably lose in the first round of the playoffs because you're so bad defense exactly and and why push for now Jokic is going to be better a couple of years from now than he is murray's going to be well, better Danny, the there's guys... a lot of there's a lot of pressure on uh, on the organization i mean you know they're owned by uh, the founder of walmart i mean he really he really needs the money to make the playoffs this year danny <laughs> it's just crazy I, I i think it was in the nuggets preview i talked about how going from potential potential moving from that point is actually the most dangerous part a lot of times of this process unless you run like a train wreck like the knicks are right now and because you you feel pressure to go more quickly and that's when mistakes happen and yeah, i'm not they saying they already fucked up with the Plumley trade for that same reason last year yeah i think that's fair i mean there were other evaluation mistakes there but yeah i think that's yeah. that's certainly a part of it and also a, a challenging element of this trade is that there are a lot of guys on the Nuggets that would actually be good in other parts of this trade, like Wilson Chandler. But if you trade for Kevin Love, you probably want to keep Wilson Chandler because he's good. I don't think yeah. that Denver would want to include him in the trade. The Fareed part, that makes some sense. I think Fareed could be more useful on Cleveland than he is on Denver if they're already adding Kevin Love. Their front court is super stuffed anyway. Your your favorite, Darrell Arthur, could also be involved in that trade if they wanted to add even more guys that fit with Cleveland. But I don't see how this really, you know, Indiana's going to really have to like whatever this third team has and I always feel like that's going to be the part of this that falls apart is is 
is more that side than the other part. Well, if not, and I think I, I really like Wancho too. I mean, I think Wancho can be better than Love defensively and can be a poor man's Love in terms of his shooting. I mean, he's not going to get to the level of Love. He's not going to be the type of post-up player that Love. Love is a fabulous offensive player. And if he's playing next to the right guy, he could be fine defensively. But if he's playing next to Jokic, when you think about it, when he plays with Tristan Thompson, Love basically plays center on defense, right? Like he stays in the paint. He's not being requested against most teams to get out on the floor and defend. And now he would have to guard like combo forwards. And, you know, because Jokic is even slower, they would have absolutely zero shot blocking whatsoever. Also interesting would be what happens to Mason Plumlee there because part of the idea of the Plumlee trade was, oh, like he and Jokic can play together, which I have always been skeptical of. But now if you've got Kevin Love in there, you've got Love and Jokic, you're basically saying that Plumlee is going to be, you know, a 15 minute a game guy just as a backup center and paying him his asking price probably doesn't make sense there either so now you're going to let him go they already have these resources that they invested in getting him to begin with they have Trey Lyles still now like what is, what's going to happen to him I mean they have they're still Fareed they're still, I mean they have so many power forwards on the team already getting off of Fareed's contract I think would be nice uh that could maybe be part of the appeal of doing this as well if you can do that well so I had a question well. for you apples to apples so not including the fact that you have to give up stuff to get Kevin Love I'm ignoring that part of it because I think the exercise is better without it would you rather have Kevin Love for these two years than Paul Millsap on a four-year full max or awfully close to that so for reference that's about 10 million more for those two years and then so I I you probably have the number in your head better but like 34 36 for the next two years I think you'd probably have to say Love because again, they are, I think Love and Millsap are probably pretty equivalent players. It's just Millsap is a better fit with what he does, but he's more of a, a candidate to drop off. Although Love's health has not been great either. Remember, I mean, he seemed to be having some difficulty with that surgically repaired knee and he heard bad things about his knees coming out of Minnesota as well. So it's pretty close, but I think like those last two years for a tax averse team of the Millsap contract, like could be an issue when you've got potentially Jamal Murray at that point you know even and Jokic and Harris all needing extensions I mean that's kind of the big three there to me and and you really just you have to say all right if we're gonna build around Murray and Jokic and I went back and actually watched some film of of, of Murray today and was uh equally impressed as I have been um because someone was tweeting at me that like oh he's he's like so terrible at isolations and I was, I was like uh, I don't think that's true and I went back and watched all of them and uh no he looked great uh but it's if you're going to have Jokic and Murray as your core, then everyone else in your starting lineup has to be at the very least an average defender, if not above. And so they have all these resources. You know, I think Wancho can get there potentially defensively, but they they have to get a three who can defend. And they have all these resources at their disposal. And so that's why I would just would be a little bit loath to make that trade, even though when you say, hey, Hernan Gomez and Moutier and we get off a of freed salary, and maybe we throw in a later first rounder as well that has some light protection on it all those things might seem worth it just in a vacuum i believe in big things for this core and i wouldn't want to limit the ceiling by the short-term upgrade of love even though i think you know they would be incredible to watch next year if they got him i agree with a lot of that but don't think we need to go too much on it i would i kind of want to go do zip through a couple of the transactional things that were were interesting lavoy allen the pacers declined his four million team option i thought that was interesting 
just because that seemed like a good value. Aaron Aflalo. Well, let's unsu- talk about Allen briefly sure. then, if, before you move on. Yeah, I think he, you know, he, remember he started at power forward for this team two years ago and he's still only 28. So he's, he's a little bit younger, uh, but definitely a guy who's kind of like a 4.5. He'll rebound. He'll be in the right place. Uh, but what limited offensive production he had, I believe, declined last year. And, and so I, I understand that. I don't, I think, especially because they just want to have a little bit more flexibility, especially if they go into rebuilding mode. He doesn't make sense if they want to take on some bad salary. So I, I'm not sure that he is going to do better than that in the open market. It, maybe he will if somebody falls in love with him, but there's so many centers out there and there's nothing that he does that's that sexy. So I, he doesn't shoot. He's, he rebounds is basically like his one really good skill. So I, I was not surprised that they did that. I'll put it that way. I probably would have done the same. One that we both were not surprised on, the Kings released Aaron Aflalo. I still fully applaud the structure that they used with both sure. Anthony Tolliver and Aflalo, where they paid them a little bit more probably in that first year and then lightly guaranteed the second. Aflalo, I think it's $1.25 million that they now have, that assuming they don't stretch it, but it sounds like they're not going to, that they will have on their yeah. books. If they, didn't the right Tolliver, no, if they didn't stretch Tolliver, it makes no sense yeah, to stretch exactly. Aflalo. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk much more about the Kings uh, coming sure. up a, a little bit later. What else do we have? KJ McDaniels. So KJ McDaniels had a team option for, I believe it was 3.6 million. I've already replaced that in my sheet because they declined it. And through the circumstances of what happens with restricted free agents that get that were paid a lot of money the prior year, his cap hold, or sorry, his qualifying offer, not even his cap hold, his qualifying offer, because they could have made him a restricted free agent, is higher than the option they declined. So they're going to with they're going to not offer that so he's going to be an unrestricted free agent yeah the only way they would have given him that qualifying offer is if he were so good like that's gonna be the case for Jokic next year that like hey we gotta get this guy under contract for longer we can't ever let him get to restricted free agency and they clearly don't think that they don't think he's worth the three million they just sure as hell don't think he's worth the four million dollar qualifying offer Shams tweet actually said he's going to become an unrestricted free agent so that would imply they will not be giving him the qualifying offer and for McDaniels certainly a disappointment for uh us dorky bloggers given the promise that he showed early on in his career in philly but has never really been able to recapture that shooting that he had those first couple months in in philly and the stuff about him you know just his his technique not you know the greatest attitude not the greatest worker it seems like and so it it seems like you know he'll kind of be like minimum fodder somewhere is his his destiny and somebody might be able to to actualize that you have that hope around the league just with some time and hopefully yeah. this kicks him but he's to like develop. 25 already too right he's pretty old so i think so 25. but also oh something i wanted to bring up with him is that it was still absolutely the right decision for him to reject the hinky special because he got paid a lot more money in these years than he would have yeah that's certainly true i mean he got paid three million the last two years basically and if he had accepted that he either would be getting waived right now with a non-guaranteed fourth year uh at the minimum and he would have just been making the minimum this entire time so he made the minimum his first year and then made three million the next couple of years i mean if he manages that right that's like enough to live on for most of the rest of your life whereas uh otherwise it wouldn't be so uh yeah definitely made the right business decision there and his example really was a big part of why those players early in the second round started getting more guaranteed money and above the minimum which they had not been in previous years so uh good job by him and his agent um 
What else we got here? So a couple of purchased picks that we didn't talk about when we did our draft show. The Pelicans paid $1.8 million to jump from 40th to 31st, and they selected Frank Jackson, and the Pacers paid a million for the 52nd pick, which they chose up Edmund Sumner. Yeah, it's interesting calibration because you'll recall last year, Cleveland had to give up $1.4 million. Now you remember the minimum was much lower last year, uh, that ended up picking up being Kay Felder, relative to the cap now that that's been right sized under the new cba those picks are a little bit less valuable because you got to pay them them more uh i mean this was considered a stronger draft than last year and then interesting that you know a nine pick swap again was 1.8 million and then it will recall of course that the warriors spent 3.5 to buy the 38th pick and it'll be interesting to see what some of these other picks uh, were sold for uh the Mavericks have not exercised the team option on DeAndre Liggins, whom they claimed as a favor, basically, it seemed like, to the Cavaliers at the very end of the season, really reducing their luxury tax bill by like three million bucks. Um, by claiming him at the very end, we, it's the Eric Murphy special that's uh, happened with him a few years ago to help the Bulls get out of the tax. Utah did them a favor, uh, but then he they apparently not a huge believer in him, and he, he will now be an unrestricted free agent he's got enough years of service for those cups of coffee he had early on in his career and then they picked up an option on yogi ferrell yes, which is not a yeah, surprise. The, yeah that was that was obviously going to happen and then dirk Nowitzki had a team option for 25 million that will be declined by the club that will now open up approximately 20 million in cap space for dallas however whatever they decide to pay dirk will have to come out of that and the discussion is that they are going to actually pursue a two-year deal potentially with Dirk and we'll see how much that's for I think it's going to be one of those things again where they are looking at all right what can you get for this money if we can't get that much then hey we'll pay you a ton uh i mean they could even do again like do the pay him very little this year and then they'll have full bird rights and a small cap hold and they can bump them up a lot next year as well we'll talk more about that in our dallas preview we done here what else do we have is did i miss uh, contavious caldwell pope got a two-game suspension i can't remember exactly do you remember what for uh yeah dui that's right he, he blew like a 0.9 uh or, no not 0. 0.9 0.09 i was making that mistake <laughs> that would have been intense 0. 0.9. 0. 0.9 would be uh, quite lethal. Um, yeah. So that we'll get to see uh, what Luke Luke Kennard and Stanley Johnson could do for the first two games of next season. Oh, and I want to make a, a small point because there was a little bit of murmuring over the weekend. I think it was on Saturday, kind of about this idea of the Celtics acquiring Paul George and then and then agreeing to an extension with him, presumably a renegotiation extension. And I wanted to clarify that unless Paul George was willing to extend off of his current salary, which basically every everybody says is, an, is a no-go they would have to have cap space at that time and so right. the, they can't do that realistically when they if they get somebody else like gordon hayward with cap space but theoretically if he was their only addition maybe they could retain enough space because he's not making that much less than his max yeah they would have to get off of uh, some significant salary there all right we'll get to the fascinating minnesota timberwolves offseason momentarily but first uh, this from helix sleep the mattress that i sleep on helixsleep.com slash cap space will get you a $50 discount off of your order. There are a number of mattress delivery companies in the market. I tried another one of them. It's one size fits all. I apparently am not part of all because it made my back hurt and we ended up returning that one. 
So my girlfriend did some research, found Helix Sleep, and it was great because you fill out their two, three minute questionnaire and you can get a mattress that actually fits you personally. And even if you as a couple have different preferences, you can get one that's split down the middle, which is pretty nice. Seven to 10 days later, it shows up in a box that's about the size of a box of golf clubs. It's about a thousand bucks for the California King that my girlfriend and I have had it for almost two years now it's still fantastic and so i i liked it so much i saw that there are other similar companies advertising in the podcast space and so i just dm their company twitter account i was like hey i have one of these i have a podcast you want to come on and they're like yeah let's do it uh so i was the first podcast they ever advertised on and they're still there almost two years later now because our listeners really like the product and i get you know dms like every other week from someone saying hey uh what is that mattress company like please let me know what it is and, and it was get good feedback on it so once again the way to get started with them helixsleep.com slash cap space is that url to get your 50 dollars off helixsleep.com slash cap space all right let's get to the wolves here we talked about them already on thursday in the wake of the butler trade but let's start with where they are just from a cap perspective going forward now that they have butler in the fold if you assume that they're going to get rid of jordan hill's non-guarantee which hasn't been decided yet but i think that's the way they should go. Brandon Rush was non-bird. And then the other big question is Shabazz Muhammad. Shabazz Muhammad has a, a cap hold because he's a restricted free agent of 7.6 million. They can do what they want with that. But let's say they let him go. Then they have... I, I about- think they will, by the way, almost certainly, because he seems he seems so redundant. I mean, I, you know, I don't think he's like necessarily a terrible value at that number. He's still got maybe some upside left to explore. But at 7.6 million and how redundant he is with Wiggins and Butler offensively, I think they can get so much better use out of that 7.6 million especially considering this is really the last year they're going to have cap space that's why this this is so big for them but what's dirty pool for that in this case is that it goes back to some of the ones that happened last year where they could just hold him until they have the other thing lined up and dry out the market for him which would be unfortunate but you know you're you're playing the game so go through that so 18.7 million is kind of the foundational piece and then the question becomes do they want more than that if so which way do they clear that space because they could the easiest paths would be Cole Aldrich and probably Ricky Rubio theoretically they could try to move Gorgie Jang but any one of those so Aldrich makes 7.3 Rubio makes 14.2 Jang makes 14.1 yeah and for 2018 right now even if they don't add any money to there they'd only have 14 million in space with Wiggins having a pretty big cap hold and then if he extends for the max they would only have 7 million in space basically be at the mid-level exception so this is their chance and I I think you know with butler towns wiggins like all those guys uh two years from now are gonna be making if butler returns on a new contract then those guys will be making over 80 million combined so i think they have to be extremely aggressive right now and extremely aggressive about finding players who fit because also remember their first round pick now almost certainly is going to go to the hawks they were a winner on draft night because that lotto protected pick goes to them from uh the adrian Payne trade and so that means minnesota no draft pick this year no draft pick from last year no draft pick from 2014 your 
you're missing now with Levine no draft pick next year most likely so they really don't have a way to get any young talent in until 2019 and then whoever that is is going to take two years to develop and and by then you know who knows what their team is going to look like so the only way for them to add major talent to their team most likely is by using cap space or maybe getting something in trade for someone like Rubio Rubio of the guys you mentioned Rubio is probably the only one you might say who has positive value and even that's a little a little skeptical I mean it's basically two years 28 million remaining on his contract Jang has four years starting right now uh, at almost 16 million per but he's a little bit lower right now 14 million and then Aldrich has 7 million this year and then 2 million guaranteed for next year Uh, Aldrich did not contribute was out of the rotation by the end of the year but I mean if it were me I would be looking to move all three of those guys and just try to get out on the market and get some guys that fit a little bit better one of the gutsier ideas that they could do with Rubio and this would be very complicated because it would basically require a lot of luck is if it just so happens that they create an absence on another team by signing that point guard this could be George Hill or Drew Holiday if they wanted that guy they could offer Rubio back to that team either through a trade or actually through a sign-in trade where he comes back and why they would want to do a sign-in trade if the other team were amenable to it is because since almost definitely George Hill or Drew Holiday would be making more money than Rubio you could actually it would allow the the Wolves to spend a little bit more. They would be hard capped, but that's not really an issue considering it's 20 million from the salary cap to the apron. I think it's actually even more than that. It's 20 million from that to the line, I believe. Yeah, they could. The reason that would be good is because when you go under the cap and sign someone using cap space, you are then lose all of your exceptions except the room exception, which is two or four million a year for two years. Basically, is the most you can sign for the room exception. You, if they stayed over, they could use their full MLE, which would be a four-year contract starting at $8.4 million. Uh, and they could use their BE as well, which has become a little bit more useful of a tool at uh, $3 bucks a year for two years as well. So it really would increase their spending power a lot. Now they could get extremely expensive if they use all that, and then they got to pay Towns and they got to pay Wiggins as well. But you know maybe they'd be willing to do it because they're just so playoff-starved at this point. Um, or they could just try to get off of some of that money later and deal with it. Um, um, yeah, I mean, so let's talk about who the options would be for Rubio. If they just dumped Rubio, I like your sign and trade idea, but if they just dumped Rubio, they're at 32 million. They could get up to 40 if they also dumped Aldrich. I would love for them to dump Jang and just play smaller, especially if they could sign another four in free agency who's a little bit more modern and just play Towns at the five. Uh, probably not going to happen though. Tibbs really seems to love him, but just it's just an inefficient allocation of resources now when you have this team that that could be this good with that big three um but yeah so where where could rubio go what teams might need him i think the clearest possible answer is the jazz if george hill leaves because they're competitive enough that they would need someone and he's not so yeah. prohibitively even expensive. if hayward leaves they're probably not going to just go in a total tank right they have rudy gobert they presumably will keep Derek favors they have Rodney maybe Hood. they would though actually kind of i mean maybe they would just say hey you know what like we're just going to give dante exum and donovan mitchell this one year you know everyone else who's important you know is under contract we'll trade favors we're just going to tank for this year we'll have gobert still for another three years after this you know maybe we'll just tank but but i don't know if that'll be their idea necessarily to kind of have an evaluative season that's probably what i would end up doing but you know maybe they would want rubio at that point 
And depending on what they, they're hearing from Gordon Hayward, it, it's also possible that they could do the Rubio trade before the offseason starts. If Minnesota has a clear direction on it, they could actually do it for this season. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point too. Um, Atlanta, you know, they've got Dennis Schroeder already. They're probably not going to be any good. I don't think that would necessarily work. Um Indiana, uh, maybe for Thad Young. Would, I mean, Young would be a great fit, I think, with what they're trying to do. You could have a, a be able to switch two through four with Wiggins, Butler, and Young. Young's actually shot the ball pretty well from three last year. Not a ton of volume, but could maybe could move into more of a of a spacer role, and, and uh, would be great getting out in transition. Well, and Rubio would be wonderful for Indiana's young bigs because he can get yeah. them the ball. Miles Turner, T.J. Leaf, E.K. wherever they want to go with with the other spots, maybe Glenn Robinson and is starting if they move Paul George you know like I think that he gives them flexibility and Rubio's contract is not so long that it's it's affecting your team building you know it's two years so you could always move him if you don't want to do that and yeah maybe he if they if they go into full-on tank then they then they wouldn't want to do that but I can understand it if they keep Paul George it'll definitely help goose his numbers a low a low usage enthusiastic passer yeah we'll see I mean the, the, the lack of shooting of course is a problem they get better defensively which would be nice I mean and maybe Jeff Teague still could return there as well or they could look for another free agent point guard also i mean none of these are sure things in the slice there's there's a lot of places where like it could happen but there are no with the point guard market i mean this is just going to be quite the carousel now when you consider all the guys that got drafted all the good free agent point guards the guys in the trade market bledsoe and rubio uh that would be another one maybe phoenix if they were to trade bledsoe they might want to just have more of a caretaker guy who could come in play some defense get the ball to some of these other guys and and you know if they feel like Tyler Ulis probably isn't quite ready yet to be a starting point guard it may never be at his size uh New Orleans you mentioned uh and maybe I actually think Solomon Hill who had some conversations with uh, the Wolves but ended up going to New Orleans when they offered a fourth year would be a good fit in but then I think there would also have to be more going from New Orleans to Minnesota because Hill is not looking like a very good deal right now and then maybe Toronto if Kyle Lowry were to leave they could use Rubio as kind of a stopgap and just see if they could stay competitive this year while they could kind of figure things out um and but, Orlando's, you know, an, just, Orlando's yeah. another option too they could use Rubio as a hedge in case Alfred Payton doesn't work and because Payton has going to have uh he's going to have extension negotiations this year so they could maybe go in that direction and they don't have a ton of cap space so they're kind of a parallel to to New Orleans in that sort of a way but I think the lesson here is there might be a market but there might not be and I think I would especially just because again like this is you might say hey I would rather have right now you know paying for guys in free agency Rubio's on a relatively cheap rookie extension he's a quality player I agree with all that but I think you just because he's such a bad fit now offensively with the guys that they have you just you have to get a point guard in who can shoot the ball I mean or maybe even that you're just they got to have a a few other wings as well on this team Uh, uh, they need a four who can shoot is probably a better option than Bielitsa who's an injury question mark i mean i might even consider just turning it over to Tyus Jones early in the year and seeing you know if with his shooting whether he can help out he's, he's matured into a nice shooter uh at the point and they don't need a ton other than that but his size is a problem I and mean, there's but I, I think if I could just dump Rubio for nothing at this point I probably would do it uh just because maybe you're not getting great value but you know you can do it and you know that 14 million if you could actually get like two major free agents you get up to like 40 million in space by moving on from Rubio and Aldrich 
Uh, and maybe that could be the price. Maybe you could say, all right, you can have Rubio, but you also got to take Aldridge. And that's that's just the deal. Like, I think that would actually be OK. And there are so many teams, even though there's less cap space around you know, like that. I just think being proactive that Rubio, is, I think he's a very good player and he's on a reasonable contract. And maybe if you add Aldridge, it gets a little bit less practical. But I hope that somebody would step up to the plate because someone should. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think it's tough, though, because there are, you know, the teams that are trying to be good once you've either lost your incumbent point guard. I mean, New Orleans seems like the one to me because if they lose Holiday, they're just going to have no other way to, to find even a decent point guard. They'll only be have 12 million in space left. Um, and they're still trying to win this year. I think a lot of these teams like Utah, for example, if they lose Hayward and Hill, they're just going to be realistic enough to say, hey, like, why should we take on Rubio and make our draft pick worse? Let's just see what our young guys can do. Because Rubio just seems he's kind of like, you know, a guy who's who fits well on a team that's trying to win 40 or 45 games <laughs> you know what i mean like oh and I don't how, think how did we not mention the knicks yeah i guess that would be one yeah uh we didn't mention i guess because like i just i don't know what the the hell to think about them we're going to talk about their That's true. tomorrow but it's just like this whole like triangle thing all right who is a good fit in the triangle who do they think is a good fit in the triangle like this whole triangle thing like they my thinking is just so at odds with the way that they think at this point that i like i almost like can't even analyze them because i've no like if you think that the triangle is a good idea and not shooting as many threes and spotting up for two-point jumpers coming off the screens is like the way that we should play basketball like i have no idea who's even supposed to fit in that like what is a good triangle point guard it's like someone who's big and can shoot mid-range jumpers and like doesn't penetrate at all like that doesn't run pick and roll like that's your that's a good it's actually kind of frankie frank nilakina actually (laughs) (laughs) he's a great fit for our terrible system and not to say that i don't think nilakina can be a solid player but uh he's not that sexy okay but I, i think let's move on to some of the other discussions so they have a couple of free agents they were the team that ended up with omri caspi but they have non-bird rights so they can't really do much with him same yeah. w- and, and this was th- that angered me of course we talked about it at the time that if they had just claimed him his capital would have been 5.6 million they ended up signing him anyway but like why not just claim him he did not play well for them um but now they have to use cap space i mean maybe maybe the thought is just hey would have gotten less than 5.6 million anyway but i mean i think they should do what they can to retain him he is a, a, a very solid solid fit there even more so now with what they're trying to do with since you have butler in the fold again a guy who could be part of a scheme that would switch two through four adrian Payne, hopefully out I, I don't see a place for him yeah they declined his fourth year rookie option he's gone brandon rush maybe you bring him back for the right price but i think that's not necessary that's just because you like him and you want to bring him back and get him at a reasonable price yeah and he again they don't have any kind of reasonable bird rights on him he's only non-bird rights which you know so they would have to eat into their cap space to bring him back or you know use use an exception he could be an okay candidate for their room exception maybe or so part let's of get it. it let's get into the fun stuff though let's say they have 19 million or thereabouts to work with who do you like being that other guy yeah i mean this is scenario one right and there are other scenarios that we'll get to if they have more space but i think at point guard george hill would probably be my number one target as long as the years weren't too bad but i think he's a guy who can age pretty well his injuries are definitely a concern but they'll have a solid backup and jones hopefully tibbs will actually start trusting him my second choice would probably be patty mills uh but i like hill's size more and mills is probably a little better shooter than than hill but uh, and 
but Mills would be a quality option as well I mean again you don't need somebody who can do run pick and roll or have the ball in their hands necessarily uh it'd be nice but you don't really need that you got Wiggins and Butler and then I mean you can still just throw the ball to Carl Towns whenever you want in an ISO as well they got plenty of creators outside of those two I mean Hill I think probably the way the market is trending could fit into there Mills certainly would but again the question is how many years do you want to go for him the other two guys I would look at maybe would be Jeff Teague uh less less good of a fit but has matured into a solid spot up shooter as he's gotten older just you know not a great defensive player a little little small and you know a guy who likes to have the ball in his hands more himself as well um, and then Darren Carlson would be the other one again kind of kind of like he he's like a crappier version of Teague in nearly all respects what about uh if they decided rather than go point guard they just went for a combo forward because if they're if they're signing someone with just the 18.7 million at the point then they're going to try and move rubio um but if they keep rubio then their biggest need is is a forward who can shoot the combination of forward who can shoot gets a little more complicated i like patrick patterson he can be a little bit inconsistent in terms of shooting but i think he could bring an edge i think they could challenge him a little bit defensively make him work in there and i i think that you can he would be big enough where Tibbs would still think they're playing two bigs so that would be okay yeah. the, the only concern with him is that I thought he really struggled with kind of like an unexplained knee soreness for most of the year and he had a horrendous playoff so that's that's a, the only concern there he's 28 you know where is his health at, at this point but we'll see he has been I think a, an underrated player solid defender can switch as well uh, just the question is whether he's going to hold up or not then the guys that I the guy that I actually like next on this list is actually not a free agent. It's Jared Dudley. I think Dudley, if you're going to switch two through four, would fit in beautifully. I think he would also be a, a nice part of the they're building kind of a new culture. His contract isn't that bad. It's probably better than what PJ Tucker is going to get, who is another guy who could be a potential fit. So I I would think about him in the, in that next slot. Now I don't know where Phoenix is with him. They have so many front court players now that maybe they're open to letting him go. But it does seem like the young guys really like him. Dudley two years and 20 million dollars left on that three or 30 million dollar deal that he signed last summer you know definitely a good vet good shooter slowing down even more than he was even in his prime basically guards fours right now but still a guy that the plus minus numbers always like I would think about him just really if you strike out only on everybody else um you know I think he definitely could help he's probably a better option than Bielitsa still uh, on both ends because he, he shoots it well and he's a better team defender but yeah it's uh that's still probably bad salary maybe they maybe what they could do is exchange Aldrich for him you know that might be fair right and then yeah, just, you know Phoenix you, you know how many centers the Suns <laughs> you know but who knows I don't know God. the Suns I mean Len could leave you know they could uh I mean we're, we're gonna talk about them tomorrow too but uh yeah. so yeah I, I look at that we mentioned bringing back Caspi PJ Tucker as well I mean that would be great I just I would like someone who shot a little bit better but you know he could really really help their defense a lot too but he's 32 i would prefer patterson over him uh jonas jerebko could be a lower cost option nice. there yeah. as well he, he he fell off shooting the three ball last year he's 30 now uh, but still i think could be an effective player uh, nikola miritich restricted free agent out of chicago i don't know what tibbs thinks about him uh, a guy who i think is a little bit his defensive struggles are a little overrated but i don't know how much he would help them necessarily in that regard i'd like someone who could defend a little bit more and his shooting also is a little bit questionable and, and again this would be another time where he's part of his value is his ability to actually put the ball on the floor and make some decisions or get into the post and with the lack of spacing they would have he would again just be asked to space out all the time i think he, that's not really the best role for him Serge 
Saka they could think about too you know that would be right in his range but it seems like he's going to be going back to Toronto I don't know if they want to beat that offer for Serge and then you're still you're playing too big Serge is going to really you know he's getting close to just being a center at this point if they were able to offload Jang then I think he looks a lot better because maybe you can play him at backup yeah. center and some some at the four yeah no that, that would be solid uh if the another option that they could go to would be JJ Redick he would come off the bench because I don't think they're not going to start Butler at the four and they could even consider but probably not I mean Butler just being the point guard like wouldn't really work uh, they might run some lineups with butler at point guard but uh to get reddick a few more minutes but i, I don't think that would be a, a viable strategy for a lot of minutes per game but then you know reddick could still play 28 30 minutes a game either next to wiggins they could close some games with butler at the four if they wanted to um ian clark is someone that they could maybe take a look at with part of their room exception i wouldn't want to use the whole thing on him but as a guy who is point guard size and an excellent shooter would work it's just he can't stop anybody and he's just a below nba quality athlete that's the problem with him so he, he would have to be more just like a, a straight bench guy is there anybody else here do you want to move on to the alternative to option two well i mean yeah option two could just include if they move Rubio and they move Aldrich they move Jang or they move Bielitsa then maybe you could just get two of the above mentioned guys uh or they could get really get into the market for someone like Paul Millsap Kyle Lowry Drew Holiday Holiday would be a wonderful fit and he's he's young still too he's 27 Holiday would be a great fit I really enjoy the idea they could of Millsap pick up his there. brother too they, they could. could pick up his brother he'd too. actually be a good fit too but he would they, be yeah but so why I like Millsap there is because I feel like it uses Tibbs tendencies and preferences in a positive way because if you're going to play two bigs Millsap makes sense because he could help cover up for some of Towns stuff and he spaces the floor well enough so you can kind of piece that together I would prefer Towns to be the center and play a more of a stretch four next to him but if you're going to do what Tibbs does I think Millsap's the best option yeah I think that's right and the the question for him is price tag right if they move on from Aldrich and they have 25 million in space if that is that going to get it done for Millsap maybe not you know Denver could be the their competition there although the or maybe even god forbid Sacramento could get in on, it, on him as well so I mean he would be just a, a wonderful fit there and then I mean you you god you would have to move Rubio just for like you know a robot that just stood up to, at the top of the key and shot threes would be like a better fit than Rubio at that point because Millsap still is you know probably an average to below average shooter himself uh but defensively he would be exactly what they needed yeah th- then you start to maybe open up like the Ian Clark Darren Carlson type space yeah on the trade market they could also uh, I mentioned this the other day but I'll say it again Ryan Anderson and Patrick Beverly are rumored to be available from Houston if they strike out in their cap space early on I mean the idea though from Houston would be hey we're getting rid of these guys early because we're going to get some bigger free agent maybe Anderson, Millsap. you know yeah yeah Anderson a rough a, a rough uh contract with 20 million a year for the next three years but the idea is with beverly only five million for the next two years and he is with his spot up shooting and and defense would be a great fit for what they're trying to do that maybe if you just think of it as a package deal of all right we're getting a combination of beverly and anderson for 25 million a year that's probably decent value you know i think that's if you just said hey you can have ryan anderson and 
Patrick Beverly for this amount of money. I if I couldn't just sign someone else, I might go there. And that the fact that it helps solve two of their problems would be certainly very enticing. How much would Tibbs love Patrick Beverly? As much as you would hate Ryan Anderson's defense. That's true. That's a fair point. And yeah, so that would be in a, um, kind of another another mitigation thing here. And it's it's I love that Millsap and certain other guys figure so largely into this and just kind of where they choose. So Minnesota has to be prepared to adjust to some of this on the fly, but what the parts of it that they could be proactive on are definitely better if they can do it, like with Rubio or with Cole Aldridge. Another guy that is a free agent that I forgot to mention I had on the list here is is Kyle Korver, you know, similar mm-hmm. role to Redick, although Korver has a little bit more size, you know, so maybe you you could play him with a little more versatility than Redick, uh, but, you know, they're both pretty bad defensively at this point. And then maybe someone like Damari Carroll, that's another guy where, hey, maybe you could get Aldrich involved in that transaction, uh, especially if Toronto moves on from Jonas Valanciunas, but I don't think, I think Aldridge is going to be viewed mostly as dead south here but you know he could give toronto some tax relief if not you know some this year and then definitely more next year uh carol maybe you know he's got two years left still at about 14 million a year but at least could play a role for a few minutes a game. he can't do much other than just shoot threes anymore now with the way his knees are but he could at least be an okay fit and then another guy i would love for them to target and trade would be seth curry i think he would be a really good fit with his shooting doesn't you know can play on the ball a little bit and he's only got one year left at three million so you know maybe the mavericks would be willing to part with him for a second round pick and they are a little low on assets though going forward the wolves so that's that's a little bit of of an issue i'm not sure what they would be able to get in trade i mean maybe 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 what it would be actually would be you know we'll take dwight powell uh, and we could trade back we'll trade aldrich for dwight powell who has like what is he like nine million a year for the next three years uh we'll trade back aldrich for him and you give us Seth Curry as the price for getting off of that money. Like that might be an interesting one too. Has Dwight Powell replaced, well, you can go different years, Nick Young, Spencer Hawes, those type of guys as the guy who's the most likely to pick up his player option in a couple of years? I think he's on that list. Yeah, he's up there. There there are quite a few of those guys at this point. Uh, but if Paul Millsap gets a three plus one, you could put him <laughs> at the top of that list. Yeah, or Lowry if he gets a four plus one or, or a three yeah. plus one. Yeah. We're going to see a um, lot of those coming up now that's going to become a new thing this year probably is the idea of these guys getting that plus one is going to be nasty so last thing to talk about here i mean they and again they just have so many interesting ways to go they have andrew wiggins potential extension coming up they have benefited from what i'm going to call when i teach this at sbc the minnesota timberwolves rule because now it used to be that you could only have one designated player rookie extension on your books a five-year deal and because of the Wolves, A, because of the Kevin Love, Ricky Rubio, where they didn't give Love the five-year deal because they wanted to save it for Rubio, which in retrospect was laughable. But number two, because of the upcoming Wiggins and Towns extensions, you're now allowed to have two of those five-year rookie extensions for the max on your books. So they'll be okay there. The question is just, all right, are you going to just, hey, no-brainer, Andrew Wiggins will give you the max for five years? I wouldn't do it ahead of time with him. I also said the same thing about DeMar 
Marcus Cousins. They did it, and I actually think that worked out reasonably well for the Kings. Just because oh, it worked the, out fantastic. Just because they would have been better off for giving him the five-year deal. Yeah, that's true. And so, but, but that's in large part because the cap went up, and that's not going to be doing it nearly as much in right two years. And Wiggins is is also different because they changed the rules for cap holds, and his cap hold is now much higher. I believe it's twenty-two million, and so that means you lose some of the incentive. It's twenty-two point seven. It's even higher than that. So you lose some of the incentives that could be in structure. Like you don't, you're not getting the Kawhi Leonard benefit, which is exactly why they changed the calculation. And that will, that doesn't help them as much, but I still, my general approach is don't give a guy a no doubt max unless he's really earned it. And I don't think Wiggins has earned it yet. One thing they could do is there, you now can do have a contingency in your contract for a rookie scale extension of based on like what kind of, you know, if you're going to qualify for the 30% max criteria, it's the same as it is now for the designated player veteran extension where you, know, you make all NBA in the year beforehand or defensive player of the year or, or MVP same, same criteria we don't have to go through the whole thing but what you can do is you can actually make the percentage of the cap that he's due based on what you get and so if you like you could say all right if he gets third team all NBA we'll give you 26 percent of the cap because it can be anywhere between 25 and 30 if he makes second team all NBA we'll give you 28 percent of the cap and if you make first team all NBA we'll give you 30 percent now he's not going to make any of those next year uh especially with jimmy butler on his team who's a much better player and hopefully hopefully will get more touches than he does that's gonna be very annoying if he's like taking a crap ton of shots while towns and butler aren't but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it but that's just an option that's at team's disposal and that might be a way to placate him a a little bit um and i think you probably you know you're hopeful to just not you know get him on a five-year deal without any options um i mean i i remain skeptical about whether he'll be worth that or not but i mean he averaged 23 a game in, in his third year and has gotten more efficient each year hopefully now with butler around he can get better defensively and it'll you know, he'll fulfill that but you know he's he's gonna get the max it's just it's just gonna happen i mean maybe he'll take a very slight discount yeah and they're they're gonna get into the auto porter situation with him if he doesn't resign that somebody will give him the offer sheet and so you're just gonna have to deal with that and they'll have to decide similar to the jazz would you rather have him on a three plus one or a four plus one i would rather have him on a four plus one obviously all right we'll be right back here but first this from stamps.com Going to the post office, I've never particularly enjoyed it. I have to do it a fair amount just due to my business. And also if I just get some stuff in the mail that I need to return. And a lot of times I would be like, oh, I'll go tomorrow, I'll go tomorrow. And then all of a sudden it's like you're past the return window. Stamps.com has eliminated all of that pain. They let you buy and print official US postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. Simply click print mail, you're done. And unlike the post office, Stamps.com never closes, which is nice for me because I work for my home office at rather odd hours, as you all may have noticed. And Stamps will also send you a digital scale that automatically calculates exact postage and helps you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. So right now, you too can enjoy the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without long-term commitments. The way you get it, this may sound familiar to you, just a thought. Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage. You type in that familiar code, CAPSPACE, which 
which we've been talking about ad nauseum on the program once again stamps.com enter the promo code capspace stamps.com never go to the post office again all right the dallas mavericks and interesting that we're doing this because these are the two teams minnesota and dallas that i picked as my biggest winners coming out of the draft the mavericks have now drafted dennis smith they're talked about being in the drew holiday sweepstakes now that seems to have been put on the back burner maybe even lower than that we mentioned that dirk Nowitzki has opt out where does that leave them now from a cap perspective so in terms of the salary cap it's not super complicated with them so if they renounce dirk which doesn't mean he can't come back they would retain bird rights it just means they're the the total pool of money they would have is between 18 million is kind of on the i, I think that's kind of the base end and then if they stretched devin harris who has a partial guarantee for next year they could get up to about 21 million but remember that some of that 21 million we don't know how much would go to dirk Nowitzki. Yeah, and in their wildest fantasies, they could get someone who is so awesome that Dirk would just say, hey, I'll just take the $4 million room exception, you know, on a one plus one. And then, you know, maybe you give me one big grandfather payment at the end using my small cap hold after that. I mean, they are talking about bringing him back on a two year deal, potentially. They also have Nerlens Noel as a restricted free agent. His cap hold, uh, $11 million. They will, of course, keep that on the books, make him a qualifying offer. They, they want to bring him back. That's why they traded for him. And let's say, though, they bring back Noel and they bring back, because Noel, you know, you add basically, you know, if he gets a contract starting at $18 million, right? So that's now, you've used all your, your cap space. Now you add an extra $7 million to his starting salary. Then you've got... What whatever Dirk's going to make and you got some minimums to work with and all of a sudden you're kind of running pretty close to the tax probably will be okay below the apron uh they also could just elect to stay over the cap and you know if they're going to pay Dirk more and then just use their full mid-level exception as well that could be another way that they approach this if there just isn't anybody out there for their 20 million or so in space and really it's difficult to imagine Dirk taking less than 12 million but maybe that'll happen but if it doesn't then they're better off just like keeping Dirk's cap hold on the books and then using the full mid-level exception instead let's talk about Noel's restricted free agency is that 18 million a year what how does that sound to you for four years that sounds pretty good to me so it's a little bit less than his maximum and what we need to be asking is a little bit less his maximum would be 25 oh that's right I was being a little bit yeah I was I don't know why 20 was in my head but you're right it would be significantly more but what you have to wonder is whether there is a Neil O'Shea in this GM class because so what Neil O'Shea did was Oklahoma City had traded for Ennis Kanter at the deadline right before his restricted free agency. So it looked like they were going to be all in to, to doing it. They're a division opponent. And they threw a max offer, three plus one, at Ennis Kanter, knowing basically that Oklahoma City was going to match it. I also thought that was a bad contract and that was a risky proposition. It ended up working out for them and it caused yeah. some complications. No, nobody's for got $25 million in room this year. To I don't think so. That, yeah. So. And, yeah. and so, and Dallas has done basically exactly what they can do without getting busted by the league for depressing a guy's value of saying that Nerlens Noel is their priority. That's not saying we'll match any offer because you're not supposed yeah. to do that anymore. He's a serves. huge part of our core. He's, you know, we traded for him for, but I mean, that that's obviously shown by their actions too. I mean, and, and he, right. what is he, 20, he's only 22, 23 right now. So, uh, I mean, they should try and keep him. Yeah, it's just, it's a question of, you know, is it going to be 14 million a year? Is it going to be like 19 million a year? 
year uh for him and you know i think if they just offer him like 17 or 18 and probably he just takes it and doesn't have to go out on the market and i'm not sure i mean where is the restricted free agent offer going to come from because if you're offering him anything less than 20 million a year like why even bother dallas is clearly going to match so where is an offer of more than 20 million a year coming from for him i really just do not see anybody doing that my guess would be brooklyn but i don't think that's what they want to do yeah i mean if they just if brooklyn just keeps their cap space open as a way to just take on money later and and get assets during the year or help teams that are getting out of the tax help them for an asset obviously not out of the goodness of their hearts yeah i really don't see where else that offer is coming from because the rest of these teams who are going to have space have centers already and so yeah i just i mean phoenix phoenix would be the only one and we mentioned already when we talked about just this free agent class like phoenix definitely has a use for him but they're they red flagged him four years ago so it seems unlikely that they would be interested in committing a a ton of money to him sacramento they've got plenty of bigs so i i just don't see the potential destination other than than maybe Brooklyn, who now they have Jared Allen and, and Justin Hamilton, are the only centers on the roster. So we'll see what they end up doing. And maybe they'll just say, hey, we're going to leave our space open. So that, that I think you're right, Danny. That'd be the one that I would be afraid of as Dallas. But Dallas is also not really, I mean, they we haven't seen them negotiate with a restricted free agent, have we? I, we've never seen it because they've never had any restricted free agent who stuck around that long. I can't think of it. I guess Dwight, Dwight Powell was the only one. And, and they, that didn't uh, work out super well. No, no. They uh, they certainly, uh, Mark Cuban's largesse went a little far on that one last year. Yeah, because I, I wouldn't see like Sacramento throwing that kind of offer at him. They'd have yeah, the money. No way. I mean, they, they've got Papa G and they've got Harry Giles and they've got Scal and they still have Casa Kufos on the team. Too, and so yeah, no, I, I would be shocked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's... It would be how many Kentucky big men can you have on one team? The answer is a lot, but yeah, yeah, that's true. But so you have all that kind of in their background. So I think 18 mil is fine, but I could also see him getting less and being frustrated with it. I don't think you want to play it too hard with him just because it doesn't seem worth it. Yeah. When you, I I mean, his his qualifying offer would be only 4.2 million because he did not meet the starter criteria next or last year so they've got that leverage over him he's not necessarily going to want to just take that and especially you consider his injury history too hasn't made that much you know but again like mark cuban he likes to be the cool owner he doesn't want to get into a protracted contract dispute so it'd be very interesting but i think you know a fair price would be 14 to 18 million it just depends uh I mean, whether you want to pay him what, you know, he might get as an unrestricted free agent or not. And then, you know, there's still the injury concerns too. So I would be pushing for more like 14, but it wouldn't shock me if it gets to 17 or 18. 20, I would be surprised if it's that high. So then to me, the big question is, where do they go with however much space we think they have? And it, it's amazing how drafting Dennis Smith changes this. But I mean, I think point guard's completely off the board because they not only have, if they think of him as their starter, they just have a ton of depth. They have a bunch of different guys. Yogi Ferrell, Seth Curry like they should be trading guys JJ Barea Devin Harris if they keep him so I would be looking for a wing if it were me as would I it's just a question I mean let's say they have Dirk is nice enough to just say hey use the whole 20 million and maybe it's also possible too they could try to like get off some money like Powell but again this is a team that probably wants to hoard its draft assets what kind of wing do you think well I mean I think that their biggest need is probably a power forward of the future that's what I'd be looking at or a long-term replacement for Wes Matthews who amazingly can be a free agent and he'll be 31 next offseason he has a, a player option on uh that max deal that he signed but it's only the zero to six year max uh way back god summer of 2015 sure seems like a long time ago uh, already so 
I think that's what I'd be looking for is either, you know, a solid young two guard or maybe just more of a, a stopgap power forward who can shoot a little bit or, or another wing. Who comes to mind there for you? Even though he's only a couple of years younger than Wesley Matthews, Jonathan Simmons would be a worthwhile gamble. If you can if you can find a number that you think makes the Spurs a little bit uncomfortable, the worst case scenario is that you make a, a rival a little bit more expensive. That's good. He'd be worth considering. I, I think actually they are one of the more compelling destinations for Dion Waiters. I think Carlisle could use him well. Yeah, the space would be helpful for him because his biggest weakness is finishing to the rim. He's actually good at getting to the rim. Uh, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, to have him come off the bench this year. And then if Matthews leaves, he can slide into your starting two guard role. Yeah, I like that one. And Dallas has not been as concerned with, you know, kind of more interesting personalities. I think they still just could use another kind of developmental wing type of guy as well. You know, someone along the lines. Oh, what would you think about Shabazz Muhammad? Yeah, he might be another one too. Just get some scoring on the second unit. Tim Hardaway Jr. could be someone they might look at. I mean, Tony Snell would be a great fit also, mm -hmm. actually. But those guys are all obviously restricted. But Shabazz will be unrestricted, likely. If they they were not disqualifying her. What I like about Shabazz is he's a a guard or a swingman with a good post-up game. I like those guys a lot better when you have four spacing bigs and Dallas at least has a couple of those. They might have more than a couple. We'll see where it goes. I could see James Johnson maybe being a target for them as well. A guy who I think would work. I mean, it'd be nice if they could just, or they could just go the straight up, like we need someone just to lock down on the wing. They could go with that approach. I mean, they've got Dorian Finney-Smith as well, who played well as a rookie, but remains to be seen whether he can really be a quality rotation player or not. I think that just someone like Mike Dunleavy on the lower end would be someone who could help them uh, just as a shooter, ball mover, play smart. Um, so yeah, that would probably be the direction that I'd be going. And what about uh, Danilo Gallinari? That would certainly become a different team offensively. You would be putting... They've got too many too many combo fours. I mean, he basically plays the same position as Harrison Barnes. Yeah, I mean, I think the idea there would be that he, in many ways, Gallo would functionally then replace Dirk long term. Like you kind of, you would use him in a similar way. Yeah, maybe maybe that's right. And they still could use something on the backup bigs as well. You know, I'm not that sold on Powell. Powell was supposed to be like this athletic stretch force, you know, backup five, but, you know, didn't really develop much last year. So, but certainly just, any, you know, any kind of the combo forwards that we've been talking about could be useful. A CJ Miles might be useful there too. Someone who's really kind of more of a two. And, and Carlisle is not concerned as much about playing Swami. I, mean, I think as long as they have Dirk, they're just resigned to sucking on defense. And so they're just like, all right, let's just get some more shooting out there. Yeah, I would actually really like to see if they had enough money. Like, I don't think he should be their primary signing. I think Luke Richard and Bob Mute, just as kind of a catch-all defensive player, if they want to be competitive yeah. next year. And just say at certain moments to save him for the first round of the playoffs and those big games to say, okay, you're going to make Kawhi's life miserable. That's your job is to do that for for those games and everything. I think that would be a nice fit. Give him like, I don't know, five, six million if they could pull it off. Yeah. Gerald Henderson, who actually Tom Moore out of uh, beat writer out of Philly seemed to indicate that he thought that Henderson was going to get uh, his guarantee turned out. That would be interesting to see where that happens. He's due nine million this year uh, and his guarantee date is before the league calendar flips over it's june 30th so we'll know on on him whether he's a free agent and i think he's been an underrated player can't play that many minutes due to his hips but i think he's someone who could help dallas as well just another guy who can kind of play the four play the three you know give him some versatility well i'll say this if some if if henderson's option oh is is this an option or is it a non-guarantee no it's a non-guarantee guarantee date somebody Uh, should claim it i feel 
yeah that's an interesting one uh, but i but nobody is going to have cap space as of then but if it rolls over then maybe they actually he would be claimable at that point actually i have to go back and look at exactly how that works i, I think you actually can still make waiver claims based on the new league year i believe it changes that two over day claim period yeah so if teams that have cap space as of july 1st they could do that but you know i think people are going to be so frenzied about the great free agents that they could get i'm not sure that anyone will claim it and also like if philly is going to let him go you have to figure that there's there's a reason why they're doing it either health related or they just don't think he's that good so just like it's nobody with that big of a salary ever gets let go and then like gets claimed until i get a gm job then everybody gets claimed uh anything else with this with dallas i think i think they're kind of in a straightforward place we just have to see how they choose to spend their money yeah i I think so i mean i guess the other thing you could say is that maybe west matthews could be a a potential trade guy but i think you know they they still have said that they kind of owe it to dirk to try to compete and you know that dennis smith is a rookie of course and they're probably going to start him carl i already said they're going to do that we'll see whether that actually holds true or not you know i'm sure i'm sure he'll get benched at some point during the year just for like disciplinary i'm rick carlisle reasons but it's maybe if they're just totally out of it and it'll be interesting to see like how good this team is i mean when you're starting a rookie point guard it's hard to say but you know they played well once everyone got healthy last year but you know at the trade deadline if they're out of it you could see them maybe try to move west matthews and harrison burns he's got an option right like he's really only under contract for two more years like it's amazing how fast things go in the the modern nba all right let's uh finish up here with our old friends the sacramento kings what does their cap space look like there are couple different levels with them but i'll go through it quickly if they keep ben mclemore and darren collison on the books they have about 35 million in space you think that sounds like a lot it is if they clear both of those guys they have 53 million in space plus they already have eight guys on rookie scale options so this isn't a circumstance where they're going to be killed on cap holds they just have a ton of guys already yeah collison 10 million dollar cap hold mclemore 10 million dollar cap hold as well collison will probably get more on the open market might be right around that level he's 29 though we'll see i mean that could be a situation where they would want to just overpay him for a couple of years to come back using his small capital and say hey we'll give you two years 30 million to just come back and either you know start at first and then when De'Aaron fox is ready to take over it will move you into a bench role for the next couple of years so that that might be realistic and they can get a little bit more money out of their cap space that way i think though really the place to start with them is what is their overall plan going to be my plan of course would be we're going to take on bad salary and and just be bad this year find out which one of these rookies can play pick up some assets for taking on salary because this is the year that we have our pick and then 2019 maybe that's the year that we try to sign some veterans and take a step forward Uh, although the taking on bad money only goes so far because you're usually bad money is going to go more than one year in because that's all those contracts that were signed in 2016 are really long contracts so that might be difficult to execute but in general that would be my preferred plan there uh, even if you're just, uh, you know, going with one year deals in 2018, and then you go back to, you know, to the young guys again the next year. But obviously, that 2019 unprotected pick now owed to the combination of Philly and Boston it throws a major monkey wrench into their rebuild. But also remember that taking on multi-year salaries is not nearly as constraining when you basically have no long-term money on your books. Sacramento has so much space moving forward that they wouldn't realistically be able to spend it all. So using some 
some of that. If you can extract assets from Portland for one of their bad deals or whoever else, I don't think you necessarily want to take on the worst of the worst. Like a Luol Deng contract might be a little bit much or Noah or something like that. But Myers Leonard, something in that range. Yeah, you could do that if a, t- if a team's willing to pony up. But like, so I would say you want to take the single best deal you can for a bad contract this year and then save the rest. And then you so say, don't do like two or three, unless it's a single year thing, in which case go hog wild. Because really, so I talked about how they have eight guys on rookie scale contracts. That doesn't change next year. None of those guys are getting a raise in 2018-19. Colley Stein is yeah. first and everyone else is after that. So the other guy that we need to talk about is kind of a centerpiece of what their plan is, is the, the biggest acquisition that they got in the trade when they moved down from number eight last year, Bogdan Bogdanovich. So Bogdanovich now, he was drafted back in 2014 by the Phoenix Suns. And part of why the Suns put him in that trade was because the Kings wanted him. But another part of it was because now that it's been three years since he was drafted, he is now not tied to the rookie scale. He was the 27th pick. So instead of paying him like 1.4 million with even with the new richer rookie scale, you can pay him whatever the heck you want. Well, and he certainly will be expecting that. And now they don't you don't have any kind of exception. You got to break into your cap space to do that. But and Vlade Divac, of course, very familiar with him from his time with the Serbian national team, called Bogdanovic the best player in Europe. I don't know if I agree with that, but I think a fair analog would be something like what Alex Abrinas got three years after he was drafted. Abrinas younger than Bogdanovich. He's, Bogdanovich could be more of an immediate contributor, but Abrinas got basically three years, 18 million. Nikola Mirotic, who was much more established and, and looked to be a better prospect than Bogdanovich coming in, got three years and 17 million. Uh, so it seems like around the level of the old, uh, and Mirotic, remember, got that when the cap was a lot lower in 2014. 14 as well so i think you know maybe a little bit more than abrinas might be about where they would go with him although i think abrinas has more upside than bogdanovich but you know bogdanovich is 25 so you're getting him here for basically three years of his prime the other thing about those contracts is if you're going to pay him higher than the rookie scale you have to give him at least a three-year contract and you would probably want to do a specifically a three-year contract because even though these guys are older and you and i hate this policy if you do three years they're restricted at the end of it, just like Nicole Miritich is this year. Yeah. And he has a $1 million buyout, but uh, through the excluded international player payment, Sacramento can pay up to $675,000. That that buyout report, uh, as reported by David Pick, uh, and Bogdanovich played in Turkey last year for club team. Uh, so take out maybe $6 million of, of what they've got there. What about some of their other free agents? I mean, are there any anyone else that you think they might try to re-sign or realistically could re sign other than Macklemore who yeah you know I mean I, I guess they'll probably just give him a qualifying offer just because they can and they don't have a great use of their space but you could see them pulling that if they try to go in another direction because they have you know plenty of two guards on the roster already are you asking me if they're going to bring back Rudy Gay or Tyreek Evans because the answer is no well I mean they could they could try Rudy Gay uh yeah I think he wants out of there to, just just a thought uh and Evans doesn't really fit with what they're trying to do any longer and and probably never did Macklemore I mean I really I don't see the point of re-signing him either I think you know he just hasn't shown enough in his time there they've got Buddy Heald now and why and Bogdanovich probably yeah and Bogdanovich and they've got Malachi Richardson as well who they'll probably want to get a, a little bit more time for as well all guys who kind of fall into a somewhat similar mold as Macklemore and I think 
you know Macklemore certainly would love to get out of there I'm just not really sure what the point is of like giving him a new contract for you know anything close to what he would want so maybe he ends up back on the qualifying offer maybe they just make him a restricted free agent just because they can because you don't just want to like let someone go for nothing but I think eventually you know they should do him a solid the same way Orlando did with Dwayne Dedman last year once they didn't want to bring him back to just you know pull his qualifying offer and make him an unrestricted free agent and and like the Kings did with Seth Curry yeah I don't know if that was doing him a favor but it was uh, like just for that reason but yeah I mean that was I was really but, hoping when you were saying that giving away for nothing, you were going to channel your inner Illinois and, and use the Rob Blagojevich quote, but no. I don't know what that is. Oh, he was, it was when they were, he was accused of selling a Senate seat and he said, this thing is golden. We don't want to give it up for fucking nothing. It was great. And then he went to jail. Oh man. Yeah. He probably still has that same stupid haircut too. Yeah, probably uh, does. So anyway. <laughs> I could see, you know, I talked about Collison. I could see Ty Lawson being brought back maybe under somewhat similar circumstances, but for way less money than I described with Collison. Lawson, they just had him for the minimum, so they would have to use cap space on him. It doesn't doesn't have a low capital that they could use or anything like that, but maybe Lawson could start the year or you know start for fox to be struggling for a little bit uh but then eventually recede back and he actually played reasonably well as a, a backup point guard you know sh- didn't shoot very well was an offensive liability scoring but at least like distributed reasonably well and played harder and seemed to stay out of trouble relatively um langston galloway as well declined his player option we mentioned he's in a similar situation to kj mcdaniels so i i would doubt that they uh would give him a qualifying offer because it's more it's that'd be like six million bucks and maybe he would just take that so and i don't again another guy who i don't think really fits into their plans they also have garrett temple another shooting guard is what we didn't even mention him so they probably i think will just not offer him a qualifying offer they didn't give him that contract to begin with anyway and we should also congratulate garrett temple for being elected the new vice president of the nba player association oh yeah yeah but lawson maybe you know he could come back on something like a two-year eight million dollar deal at the most something like that uh but he might get a better offer than that elsewhere who knows so what do they need if they're gonna i mean let's say their plan now is we're gonna go out on the free agent market and we're gonna get some players what do they need uh really you know i mean they have a lot of young players but they still have some gaps i think ideally you're looking more at three years from now you know maybe even two years from now just to as these guys grow into larger roles so if you see scal as a five like i do then maybe you want to look at a power forward that can mesh in. I know they hope that Harry Giles can fit into this, but it's they're going to need some time to figure out what's going on with his with his knees and everything else. So maybe try to find a young talent there. They need a lot at the three. They're okay at the two for right now with Buddy and presumably with Bogdanovich, who yeah. I think of as more of a two than a three. Yeah, so, and the one they got Fox, so that's, a, yeah. that's taken care of for now. So you can go in a couple different directions there. You could go with like a real young guy and try to see if it works out. So that's maybe more in the tony like tony snell's 25 robertson maybe he's, yeah t- tony snell can't guard threes so he, he's too skinny he's more to of a two threes, so he's yeah I, I don't i don't like him the the two guys i would say i mean it would be lo- if they just wanted to get better in the next couple of years like you know a pure defender type on the wing tabo cephalosha type of guy and bob mute didn't play well there they probably wouldn't be interested in him again gerald henderson if they wave him could, could be a decent option but i mean they need somebody with some strength like the other problem they 
guy they drafted. I'm sure Justin Jackson, he's got plenty of chances to play, but the guy weighs like a buck 90. You know, he can't really guard, you know, any kind of scoring three either. So that's one option they could go. I think these guys could be the Otto Porter max suitors like that. They seem like one of the more likely teams to offer him the max, um, especially if they strike out in their their targets. And that would fit with the Sacramento leverages. Uh, Andre Robertson, I could see them maybe making a big offer for him as well. Uh, maybe Danilo Gallinari could be a guy that they would look at, uh, even though he can't really defend on the wing. I mean, there aren't that many guys who are young and can defend on the wing at, at this point. So I I would expect that they're not really going to get anyone <laughs> that's that's that good. Uh, Joe Ingles would be another guy who I think maybe they could be a potential destination for him depending on what happens in Utah. Though you have to imagine that if Hayward leaves, they'll be, you know, Utah will be desperate to keep him at that point. What are you thinking at Power Forward? Are you thinking they're going to just kind of keep their young guys around? Or maybe maybe like, a, I was thinking about Arisan Ilyasova as just kind of like a placeholder vet to keep those guys together. Maybe they might move Costa Kufo, so you kind of want one guy that can help help keep yeah. that group. And I know he's very they, they popular desperately need a Yeah, they desperately need a, a stretch four option. Um, you know, and maybe Gal could provide that uh, Jonas Jarebko would be another one I mean and to be clear by the way Port if as a reminder Otto Porter Robertson and Joe Ingles are all restricted free agents uh, yes. Ingles even at the ripe old age of 29 is a restricted free agent which sucks for him uh this is always a good one with the Kings who would you be scared to see them go after God it'd really be anyone anyone that's old particularly I think would be a problem yeah and anyone old on longer than like a one a, a two sure year sure sure yeah yeah I, see I yeah I mean like if they gave a bunch of money to like Kyle Korver, I could totally see that. I mean, he would help their shooting and they would be a more watchable team. Yeah, but... I mean, he's another two though. You know, I think they're really, if they, if they, it's got to be a three or a four to me. And that's really because like, they have young guys at all the other positions. Mm-hmm. They could, I, I would be sad if they threw a bunch of money at Taj because he might take it. Yeah, that yeah. would be ugly. I mean, if they put, gave a bunch of money to Rudy Gay, that would be ugly too. You know, I mean, that, they really, I mean, one of the questions we always have in the outline is like, should they be going for it? And the answer to that is no, but we've been hearing rumbling that they are going to try and really improve and hopefully for their own sake they strike out <laughs> oh, because nick young would be a bad fit there that's right yeah if they buy the whole oh he's really so improved so much defensively now blah 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 um james johnson would be a guy i would be scared to see them go after i could see them offering him like a four-year deal or like or like pj tucker oh, or how something have we not like talked that. about the elephant in the room here ian clark Oh, just because he was on the Warriors? He was on the Warriors, could kind of be like their backup one, trying to transition, give him like six, seven million a year, and I just start banging my head against my keyboard. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Green would be another one. You would not want to see them go in that <laughs> direction. Yeah. You might say Omri Caspi, who liked it in Sacramento, but he, you know, Dave Yeager never played him, so I wouldn't expect him to want to go back there at this point. There just are not a ton of options for a team that needs a three. I mean, three is definitely the most oh, premium position in the nba right now thank god they drafted De'Aaron fox because i was terrified they were going to be the derrick rose like three years 15 million a year 20 million a year destination yeah i, I think you're you're right about that uh brandon rush might be someone else that they could look at maybe kj mcdaniels now it would be someone they could potentially bring in and find out that he can't defend that well either is there anyone that you think because they're in a, a kind of an, an interesting spot in terms of point guards you talked about the idea of bringing back darren collison because it's 
it's unambiguous that they have their point guard of the future. And depending on how they feel on Frank Mason, who they drafted in the second round, they might even have their backup of the future. Is there anybody that you think of as being a natural fit to be that other guy? Because presumably they'll want somebody else in their point guard rotation. So you're talking about bringing someone in in free agency as a backup? Yeah, kind of like a backup slash mentor who can eventually get to play. And like I I had because a lot of the guys who kind of make some sense there, I don't think that's what they want. Like Sergio Rodriguez, they could throw money at him if they wanted to on like a one year deal. But I don't think he would want that. You know, Shelvin Mack is someone who might be like a good fit also as a guy who can, you know, be a solid backup, uh, but maybe start for you in a pinch. Sean Livingston actually would be an interesting one. Uh, Another guy who's probably too skinny to really guard threes full time, but they might think that he could do it and he could also play some backup point guard or maybe maybe start. And then then you could play two of your shooting guards together and Sean Livingston and have Sean Livingston bring the ball up. And, you know, he's a former warrior, so Vivek will be enamored of him. Maybe they could go go after Calder own that would be a possibility or aaron brooks all right you ready to wrap this up <laughs> Once i like Calderon how and aaron I, like, brooks I, I think aaron brooks is the time. aaron brooks is the equivalent of like when i'm trying to think of the best example of one of a guy who came in who always ended the twitter nba show oh yeah it was like james jones or something was always the guy once he was in it was on, on the any Cavs game or when once uh like Damian Jones for the Warriors or something like that. It was it was over. But th- this is over. Let's not dis- discuss this anymore. I think uh, you know an hour and a half worth of podcasting minus silence is truncated is uh, enough for the people today. The plan for the rest of the week. I apologize. I had my dates wrong. We are actually doing the mock off season. That'll be out Thursday night. Or I'm sorry, Tuesday night and Wednesday night. Tomorrow, we'll talk about the NBA Award Show, hosted by Drake, and do Phoenix and New York. Our last two off-season previews will finally be in the books there. And then we'll take Thursday off, unless some huge news happens. And then we'll be doing every single day over the week. I mean, it doesn't matter that it's over the weekend. We'll be giving you a pod every single day on going through every free agent signing, how much cap space each team has left on a night-to-night basis we love those it's our our favorite time of year there's we have a lot of favorite times of year but this is certainly nope, that's the favorite is it yeah I mean, I, you know, I kind of like the NBA playoffs personally a little bit. But, well, yeah, uh, I mean, the but the playoffs are situation dependent. Like if you're to pick yeah. days, just like if you were if I was to tell somebody on the abstract without knowing the schedule, what days to look on the year, it's like, oh, July, for, like July 1st, July 2nd, July 3rd in the mock off season. All right. I'll let's make a prediction because we, we, we usually do. our. It starts at, at nine o'clock p.m. here uh, when it goes to midnight on july 1st on the east coast and signings can start getting announced who is the terrible contract that we will be just apoplectic about when we record at like you know two in the morning that night you know who will be the mozgov of this year Ooh, ooh! it's harder this year than it has been in prior years yeah well in 2015 it was almost impossible to give out a bad contract too so yeah that's true and that year the first one signed was aminu right and that was actually a wonderful contract yeah no everything that was i mean that 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 year like ad came out Kawhi's extension came out was that Kyrie too or was that last year uh no Kyrie was 2014 okay so if i had to guess right now i think it's i think taj gibson is my leader in the clubhouse yeah yeah, that that's definitely up there. I think like Gallo could be up there. Maybe Jeff Teague could be up there. But the James point guard Johnson. market, I mean, see, we've been we've been pushing for point guards to move early. So that if, if we get one of the big like four or five point guards to move early, that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, but I'm saying like I'm thinking just like the Lakers misjudged the center market last year, a team could misjudge the point guard market and just right. pay some enormous amount 
to like a Jeff Teague, you know, 29 year old Jeff Teague for your mediocre team. That's not going to really help you. I'm I'm also going to make I'm going to make one other prediction that I think the first announced signing is going to be Stephen Curry. Yeah. Or first announced agreement, I guess, because they'll they'll sign him last. uh, Right. All right. That'll do it for today. Our sponsors, Helix Sleep, helixsleep.com slash Capspace, your URL to get $50 off your custom made mattress and stamps.com click on that microphone at the top of the page and enter that cap space code talk to y'all tomorrow night till then at bet 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period whatever the sport whatever the moment it's never ordinary at bet 365 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.